What's up, podcast land? <laughs> uh, sorry, really quick. A couple of weeks ago, I sat down with one of the guys, Michael, and he said that, and I fell in love with it, so I'm taking it. Thank you so much, Michael. <laughs> but what's up, podcast land? So welcome to another episode of the Talk Shop Podcast. For everybody that's not familiar with the Talk Shop Podcast, the Talk Shop Podcast is just a platform to allow individuals to talk about their jobs, hobbies, passion projects, just cool stuff that they have going on in their lives, giving a little insight into other people's lives for a day. And yeah, if you're new to the podcast, we sit down with people from all over, so make sure to go back and check those out. And so today we have Alfredo Sainz, and we're going to be talking soccer. I already did the episode, and my dog was jumping all over him. So if you hear a little bit of barking, if that's probably because my dog was jumping all over Alfredo, thanks again and enjoy this episode. And so today we're going to talk about soccer. All right, everybody out there that's saying that soccer isn't cool or whatever, just stop right now. So soccer is actually the most watched sport in the world. I think it's like the the main sport of like 60 nations in America alone. It's watched more than hockey and NASCAR. So there you guys go. Some little information. So don't say it's not a sport. (laughs) (laughs) And so today I got my buddy here, uh, Alfredo. What's up, guys? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, man. And so we're going to talk football because this is the guy you probably want to talk football with. Or soccer. I love how you say football, man. Football is the correct way to say it. That's right. That's right. That's good. All right. So what do you do, man? Like, uh, what makes you the soccer or the football guy? Um, well, I started, I started an academy about six years ago in Santa Clarita. I moved here from Bolivia. I was born in Bolivia and uh, played soccer all my life. My grandpa played professionally. My dad played professionally. And I ended up playing professionally right after high school. So uh, right when I was done playing, I decided I wanted to keep doing what I was doing, keep being in the sport. So uh, I started a small academy. It started out with just one kid, literally just training one person. And it just exploded from there and um, started doing classes. And then from there, it just went from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to every single day of the week. And um, it's just been, you know, my it was a hobby at first, to be honest, and then it became my full-time job. So now I strictly teach skills and agility to all the kids that uh, outside of their practice need that. That's amazing, man. I love the fact that this was your hobby, your passion, and then eventually you created it into something that you could do more. So before we get all into that, man, so I actually got a question I start these off with. Yeah, uh, It's been a while, but... So you'll be the first one in a couple of weeks. But yeah. when you were a little kid, what did you think you were going to grow up to be? I wa- always, always wanted to be a professional soccer player. That was my goal. My number one goal was to be, just because my dad always pushed it towards me. My grandpa pushed it towards me. My entire family pushed it towards me. So that was my goal. And right after high school, I mean, I thought I was going to play, because I lived in, you know, here in the United States, and I thought I was going to play in college. And, you know, I skipped that and went straight into the pros it's a whole other story though but we'll get into that but it was it actually became my passion you you played high school football yeah and then so what was the next step after high school for you then uh it's interesting because i so i played here i my parents 
both immigrants, they came here from Bolivia and, you know, had no idea what it was like to go to college out here and what you had to do to make it to go to college and play soccer in college or football. I had absolutely no idea. I just played in high school, got okay grades, sometimes not so good. Didn't have sufficient enough grades to go to a four year, but I was always recruited by a lot of a lot of scouts, a lot of colleges. Once they saw my grades, they're like, "Okay, you can't do this. <laughs> you should go to a community college." So I did that, and um, and I went to COC, made the team, did the whole summer camp, and it was the first time I ever hated the sport because it went from playing and enjoying it and getting better and better to let's see who's the fastest, let's see who's the biggest, let's condition this entire summer, and that's not what I was, you know, born to do. So completely forgot what it was like to love it. And so I quit, I quit, made the team. And then the first game I quit. Um, and then from there I was really confused. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was kind of bummed and saw these tryouts in Santa Monica for a team, uh, by Red Bull, um, the energy drink. And I was like, you know what, I'm trying to go for it. I'm going to try this out. Went to the first tryout, um, met some of the scouts, the people that were running the whole thing. And they asked me to come back and went to another tryout and, from there, it just, I don't know how, but I made the team. I mean, I worked really hard for it, obviously, but it was kind of like, I just quit this team, this, you know, COC team. And I don't know how I'm here, but I'm just going to run with it. And uh, from there, I signed a professional contract and got to travel all over the United States. Uh, hold on. Let's let's hold up really quick. Great story. What made you noticeable by these scouts? Like, what was it about your soccer skills? That's a good question because... Going from growing up, my, you know, my dad always pushed like skill and technique and be creative and, you know, be this like flary type of player to playing at this at COC where it was, hey, let's see who can get to that ball the fastest. Let's see who's the most athletic person, which I am still that type of player, but that's not the most important thing. So my technique, my skill didn't, it didn't matter there. It was like, hey, you know what? Let's just get a bigger guy and put him on the field. So uh, when I went to this tryout, I got put with this group of people that were the most talented, most skillful. Like there was Brazilians, there was people from Chicago, there was a lot of Latinos that were just great. You know, I, when I was put there, I was like, man, these are my people. <laughs> these are like <laughs> these are the most skillful people I've ever seen in my life, and I fit right in. You know, I'm just as skillful or more. And so the people saw me there and, and they were like, do we want you back? You got to come back, come to this trial and then let's see how this works. So I think that's what I, I was just meant to be, you know, like I went to this trial and it just worked out great and um, it just fit right in. Yeah. All those skills you've been practicing your yeah. whole life, they, they finally yeah. came together, you know? Yeah. Okay. So now you're on the Red Bull team. So this <laughs> is your professional career now. Yeah. What were you traveling? Uh, what was the circuit like? Yeah, so uh, with this Red Bull team, it was a a bunch of guys that were either ex-college players, futsal players, futsal, which is small-sided, like 5v5 on a flat surface, like an indoor. Oh, okay. But smaller girls, really heavy ball, um, very skillful type of sport. It's the same soccer, it's just very, very different, um, just faster. So the top futsal players, top beach soccer players. So it's like this group of guys that are just very, very, very talented yeah. mixed into this team. And we would travel all over the United States, freestyle, play against pro teams, play against futsal teams, play street soccer, do events, everything. We were all paid for. 
you know, and it was all obviously sponsored by Red Bull. I got to travel a ton at 18, 19 years old and getting paid for it. So for me, it was like, it was just crazy. You know, it was like a shocking thing because what 18 year old gets that much money just to do what they're, yeah, <laughs> what they love, yeah. which, you know, so good experience. And it was just, it was just uh, a lot to handle <laughs> at a young age. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, sometimes when you're, it's great that it all worked out for you and it, yeah. you got that payoff, but yeah. I'm pretty sure at that age too, you had to learn different skills. Like, okay, I have this money. What do I do with it properly? And like, that's what I try to explain to everybody is, I mean, it sounds, it sounds really good, but give, you don't understand how much, how hard it is to get that much money at a young age and just be like, Hey, I'm going to save it. I should probably save. No, I, I blew everything, everything. Like, I'm going to go get the nicest shoes. I'm going to go get the nicest bags. So, yeah, you were living the life, man. You were getting all that nice stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I when I think back to it now, like 12 years later, I'm like, what an idiot. It was fun. Don't get me wrong. It was really, really fun to get that much money and, and enjoy it. And But I, when I look at it now, I'm like, I should have saved so much. I could have invested in a house. I could have ah, just so many things where I'm like, man. That's one thing I would take back. That's the only thing I would take back. Hey, you're not the only one, man. Uh, I never got crazy money, but looking back at all the overtime and all the hard work I put in, it's like, what do I got to show for now? Yeah, all, yeah. All you younger kids out there listening to this, this is part of the reason I'm doing this. I want you to learn Absolutely. from us. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. As hard as it sounds, you got to do it. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah, that's one thing I would definitely take back. The only thing I would take back. <laughs> Seriously. No, I hear you, man. You yeah. can't take anything back, but that's probably up there on everybody's list. Yeah. So you're doing the Red Bull team. How long were you on the Red Bull team for? So uh, I was on there from 2006 to 2010. Um, so it was about four years. And uh, in between, I you know got other sponsors as well. Like there's a street soccer company called Gaia that sponsored me. They just introduced me to a lot of new people, a lot of people with Nike. And, you know, so from there, it kind of, just went on to another thing but uh yeah it was like four years that i was on there that's awesome man yeah you're out of the red bull what what was your next step for you i didn't know what was my next step at the time you know it was it was kind of confusing but um I, I just started playing more street soccer because of that company Gaia. and then i thought like i should i should go back and play at home you know in bolivia i want to go play out there so i decided to go out there for a tryout Went out there for several months just to train and get used to the whole altitude because the altitude is ridiculous. It's like playing in Mammoth, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 pretty. The first day, the first week I was there, the first day I trained, it was. I got there and they're like, "All right, you guys are brand new. There's three players that are brand new. You guys are gonna run a Cooper test, which is two miles in. It here it's twelve minutes. Over there it was eleven minutes." which I wasn't used to, but I was like, man, I'm going to die. Before I did it, I was like, I, I think I'm going to die because it was at the highest altitude, 11,000, right? I passed it with no problem, no problem. It was easy. But the next day when I went to go play just to warm up, I was dying. Like you can't breathe. Your throat gets really tight. Uh, you can't spit. It's miserable. It's miserable. And that lasted like three days. That was just crazy. But, uh, I wanted to stay. I really did want to stay. It's just the lifestyle over there, and this is not making excuses, but the lifestyle over there is party, 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 party. Like after practice, let's party. After the game, let's party. Before the game, let's party. Everybody drinks. And that's 
why Bolivia doesn't go to the World Cup. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we just we drink way too much, and it's just a it's an unrealistic profession. You know, it's not they're not professionals. They're just they get paid a lot of money, but they're not in it for the sport. They're in it for the fame and for other things. Yeah, they they grow up on this, but then they still want to do all the other stuff you know? yeah yeah like the youth over there is crazy they they drink way too much like clubs don't close till eight in the morning like that's not normal you know oh, like, yeah. that's not normal here it's like that's when you wake up hungover but over there just they're going crazy they go way too far yeah hey, i don't know man i'm uh i'm in my 30s now and now i'm like <laughs> waiting for two o'clock to happen i know <laughs> right you're like wait is it closing at one now please yeah I know, so, and then they're gonna change the law too to, to be later. Four, I know, yeah. Like, that that's uh, yeah. when I was twenty one. I looked forward to that. Now I'm like, man. Now I know, dude, I no. know. I hear you, man. I hear you. Yeah, but um, because of that, uh, not because of that, but I had stuff that you know. Right when I went there, my grandma passed away, and my entire family lives there. Oh, so man. um, grandma passed away, and I did not as much as as bad as it sounded, but it was. I just didn't want to be around people who were so sad. Not only that, my mom hasn't seen her mom or her dad in since she moved here. So it's been like 23 years. And I had to deliver the news oh. to my mom because she was still here. And Sorry that was probably, that. no, it's okay. Thank you. But it was probably one of the most depressing things I've ever done in my life. You know, telling my mom over the phone, like, hey, uh, so your mom is just passed away, you know, and my mom can't do anything. So because of that, I respect my mom a million times more because she sacrificed her entire life just for me and my sister. Moved here for a better life and didn't go back, obviously, because she wouldn't be able to come back to the States if she did. That was just, you know, you know, big reality check for me. Yeah, it was um, a ton of stuff that just came at you. It's, oh, it's yeah. kind of like yeah. piling against you. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of stuff and... And, um, I just, I decided, you know, after a couple months, I gave it two tries, actually. I went there for a couple months and then, um, went back again. Cause I was like, you know, I, I gotta play. I want to play, you know, I want to play. And, and then ended up moving back again. So, um, when I moved back, that's when I was like, what do I do? I have, do I go back to school? <laughs> you know, I kind of missed that whole college thing. Yeah. So, uh, do I go back to school? Or do I, do I, so I started going to COC for a little bit and, pieces here and there like two classes three class which you know that doesn't work because yeah you just get stuck there for years and years so um then i got a call from someone who said hey uh would you train my kid and that's where that started <laughs> and that was just i was like yeah sure i'll I'll train i'll train your kid once a week i guess you know i, I have nothing else to do <laughs> and i went from $50 a week, which I thought like, all right, cool. That's cool. That's an easy $50. I can train this kid. I'll make this, this girl better. And then, you know, enjoy the rest of my week and I'll have another job. It'll be fine. So, um, how did the, how did this person find out about you? Actually, they found out through uh planet soccer, which is a store here, Carlos, which I used to work at my last year of high school. And during the time I was at COC when I tried out. So, uh, that's how they, they contacted me, you know, so it was, I thank him obviously a lot. Carlos, the owner, he recommended me and he's like, Hey, you know, this guy played here and here. And so you, I know, I think he would be good for your daughter. Just started out with literally just $50 a month or week. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I was by. like, yeah, you know, that's, you know, that'll be good. 
But, um, and then through word of mouth, it just grew more and more and more. It went from one kid to two to three, um, to a few, you know, a day. And then I started thinking like, man, I think I can, I can do this once, at least once a day with like one kid at least. And again, it just grew more and more and started doing classes. I was like, man, I, I not only I, the thing that got me more hooked was the fact that parents would come back and say, Hey, my daughter, my son did really well this weekend. Thank you. And I think that was the most rewarding. That is the most rewarding feeling. So I was like, yeah, I, I can do this again and again and again and again. It's just a very addicting thing. So that pushed me to have bigger classes. And now it's a, you know, beginner intro, beginner, intermediate, advanced. And then Fridays I have invite only, which is my top players from all over Southern California that come out and compete. So they have a good training session and then we play at the end. Oh, wow, man. Yeah. So then this has been, how quickly after your first student did this all develop? I think it took like two years to develop into what it is now. Yeah. I mean, every year it's been like, whoa, like I went from one kid to now I'm at 268 kids a week, oh. which is, I, I every time I look at that number, I'm like, how did that get so popular? That's crazy. That is just mind blowing to me. I still can't believe it to this day, but yeah, it just, it just through word of mouth. I've never advertised more than obviously social media is like my bread and butter. Um, but, uh, I've never paid for any advertising <laughs> at all. I think one of the coolest thing is that, well, I'm older now, so I have friends that have kids. I got friends who have nieces and nephews and it's like, they're always introduced to sports through soccer for the most part. Yeah. It, it just shows them the ball control. Yeah. Moving like, you know, you don't keep score at first and all yeah. that, but it's so amazing that these kids are starting to continue with it and then it blooms into what you're talking about yeah i I remember when we were in high school soccer wasn't that popular at all not at all no no but now it's like a it's a you know it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year every single year it gets a lot more bigger sometimes i think some sometimes it is bigger than football and baseball and i mean a lot of kids play so that's that's why for me it's it's I get a lot of new kids every single year. Yeah, I mean I love it. I absolutely love it. And it it's so cool in the other sense that you're just pretty much passing down what your grandfather and yeah. your dad put on you. Like absolutely, and that's the thing. I think that's what separates me from everybody else is, you know, a lot of these kids are just going to practice with their club teams or ASO teams, and they're just passing the ball around and learning how to play the game. But I'm breaking all the skills down, all the technique how to be creative, how to take people one-on-one, how to defend, you know, vision, awareness, uh, being confident, which is the biggest thing. So it, uh, it really separates me from everybody else. I I've seen some of your, um, you're, you're a creative guy, man. You do, you do a lot with the drones, you make videos and all that. And I was watching one of your videos for the Sains Academy. It's Sains Academy. Yeah. And you have like booklets of like the breakdown of yeah. like the steps and yeah. all that of like what you're going to teach your students yeah so what i'm talking about is pretty much like an nfl or a football coach how they have running routes like yeah. you have the same thing but for soccer yeah exactly yeah i mean i have i always think of i think of drills all the time 
but I always have to jot them down or else I'll obviously forget. When I first started, I used to write down everything, every little thing. In the middle of the night, I had a book next to my bed and I would write everything down. I would jot it down, draw it out with detail. I love drawing too, so I just draw it out really nice <laughs> and then write down the detail, what I would do, how many how many reps they should do, the angles. I would draw it very, very detailed. And now it's like I have so much in my head that I'm like, man, I can come up with anything, anything. Yeah, so that's how it started. You're, you're passing on the wisdom too. That's yeah. Amazing about your academy. Thank you. Thank you. Because yeah, that was one of the things that I was going to ask you is you're not a soccer coach. You're a skills coach. Yeah. So you're very different from what when you sign up your kid, what their their coach is going to teach them. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I actually get mad at all my players if they call me coach. I'm like, don't call me coach. I'm not fat. I'm not old. I'm like, do not call me coach. You know, like I always tell them. Just call me by my name and, you know, I'm much different. I, people always ask me if I'm ever going to coach a team. One, I like my weekends. <laughs> I love my weekends. I love not being, having to drive like all the way to Pasadena or San Bernardino or Vegas for, which Vegas would be all right, but uh, San Diego, anything like Bakersfield, that. Bakersfield, you know, for Fresno. games. And then, you know, and you got to deal with parents. Parents are the worst thing about coaching about soccer i think about football they just think they know it never played it and they just want obviously timmy to play every single game and that's not realistic because timmy it probably isn't very good so (laughs) it's funny that you say that because i know a lot of teachers i know a lot of professionals who work with children and they'll tell you the worst thing about their job is the parents yeah absolutely man so So if you're a parent sometimes (laughs) take a step back simmer down (laughs) simmer down (laughs) so do you have like a no parents allowed at these meets no actually i've always wanted to do that but i i separate myself from the parents a lot to where you know i host my session no one gets involved and i think that's why i love my job so much you know and the kids have a good time but at the same time they're always competing hard and they're learning and they always want to learn more you know so i kind of give them a little bit to where they're like oh i can do that then they come back and they're like all right show me more and then okay here's more so it keeps like uh it keeps them just asking and and eager to learn that's amazing man so let me ask you man there's different positions in soccer does one position benefit over the other in learning your skills um I used to think that I used to think like, you know, the most creative person, the most technical person is, you know, a center mid, uh, which is what I played, which is what a lot of my favorite players play uh, is, you know, the person who controls the ball and distributes and goes up and attacks and defends. But I think um, we live in a generation now where every single player is can learn the same, even the keeper, you know. I even went to go watch uh, Barcelona when they came out here, which is my favorite team. And it was interesting because I, I noticed that the keeper, all their keepers, will participate in all the practice, like the whole practice, the, oh, okay. the foot skills part, the technical part. And they were just as good as everybody else. So here, we don't look at it like that. Everyone thinks like, oh, forward has to be fast. The center mid has to be smart. The defender has to be big. And it's not like that at all. Everybody needs to be technically able to do everything so I, I think any player should very very skillful and you never know when your opportunity when your opportunity to like do something else for the club 
Like, what if somebody gets injured and then it's like, hey, you're the yeah, next in line? Yeah, exactly. And that's one thing. That's a that's a good one because a lot of parents think, uh, oh, my son's a forward. He should not be a defender. And and realistically, when you play in college or professionally or at a high level, you don't decide anymore. You know, they'll pick the fastest guy and they'll be like, hey, you know what? You should play outside mid or you should play defender. You should play this. That You know, they'll put you wherever they think you should be. So you should be able to be ready to, you know, participate in any position. For people who can't relate to soccer, when you look at football, when you look at baseball, <clears throat> you're not what you played in college, what you played in high school is not what you're going to go to the major leagues to yeah. college level. So that's actually a really good point too. Yeah. Yeah, very very true. So in the in the World Cup, what's your team? Who do you root for, man? Oh man. I I, you do, I have you a couple. An I have a couple teams actually. Um because I know. <laughs> Because uh, I have a lot of family from Argentina. My uncle uh, is Argentinian, so I always support them. And I love Messi to death, obviously. He's a Barcelona player. And Brazil, because they just always have, like, the most unique, creative players. And, and you know, I just I think they've been overdue for a World Cup for a long time now. So I believe, and I'm pretty sure you can tell me if I'm right about this, they're like the number one in the World Cup, right? Even in appearances and probably wins. Yeah, yeah, they're they're always up there. Um, but uh, they just they always have like a really really young squad that's just flary, and there's always one player that's you know the player to watch. So they're always you know they're always so much fun. All right, so what I know is that the men's U.S. team. I think the best they've ever done was a long time ago, and that was third place. And since the 90s, they've always appeared in the World Cup. And this year, they actually will, or next year in the World Cup, they will not be appearing because they lost last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's this year, though. The World Cup is in a couple months. It's this year, 2018, which is crazy because that went by super, super, super fast, which I can't even believe. But, yeah, they're not, they're not going to be in it. It's kind of honestly, it's a good thing. I think it's a really good thing, and I've it's said a this to It's a huge reality check. We've always gotten away with, with yeah, we made it to the World Cup. What about you? And realistically, it's you guys compete. This country competes against like probably the worst, the worst pool of teams. You know, the other best team, which I think is a really good team, is Mexico. But other than that, that's it. So there's no excuse to not make it to the World Cup. There's no excuse. Like, think about Europe's um, pool. Like, they always have, like, the hardest team. South America, they have, like, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Uruguay, Paraguay. Like, these guys are all, if you look at their rosters, they have the top players in the world, which that's why they're, it's a really, really, really hard conference. But um, United States, I'm always like, man, come on. How do you not make this, this World Cup? That's embarrassing. But it goes back to what i said earlier they they look at it like the nfl draft let's find the biggest the fastest and let's go off of that let's see who's over six foot let's see who's 200 pounds and let's put him on the field and that, that doesn't work not in this sport not at a high level you know so it's just more of a smart game rather than it's still very physical obviously but it's more in your head more technique obviously so then these future stars they have a lot to benefit from what you're teaching them on the field yeah and that's i think that's my goal that's that's what i want to push is i want one day to everyone look at an american and be like 
I want to be like an American. I want to play like an American. No one's ever said that. Nobody in the history of sports has everyone, anyone ever been like, I want to play like this kid, Mark. You know, he's American. He's a white boy. Like that doesn't, that doesn't happen. You know, it doesn't happen. So we always look at like, I want to play like this Brazilian. I want to play like this Argentina. I want to be like Messi. I want to be like Iniesta. I, you know, it's, it's never about an American. So I, that's my goal. I want it. I want people to talk about a, a girl player or a guy player from here. I, you're right. You're a hundred percent right in this. Like we glorify all these other sports and we put this to the side, but it, it's always there. It's always in your face. You can hide from soccer, but it's going to come back in your face. Some of the people I know that hate soccer, their kids are in soccer now. Yeah, exactly. Because you know what? Because if you want to play football, you might be playing soccer in the off season because you're going to run like hell and you're going to be conditioned and yeah. ready for football season. That's for sure. That is for sure. That's so true. All right, man. So you have the experience. You had your ups and downs in the professional soccer. What advice would you give a future player or just anybody in general? Um, the best advice, honestly, for for young players, new players, old players, it doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever you're doing, say you're going to club practice twice, three times a week, and you want to be different, it, it's never enough. You, you have to do this stuff at home. You have to do this after practice, before practice, and you have to be obsessed with it. You can't just be like, I think, I think just three times a week is fine. Like that you're never going to be someone different. You're just going to be like everybody else or worse. So I always think like, if you really want to be good at something, do more than the average person. So practice as much as you can. That's why these kids that come to me once a week and they come back and they're like, well, I, I didn't really get it. That's because like you did it one hour just for one hour. You have to go home and try this. You have to go home and and do it after practice and do it in your backyard, do it in your front yard, do it in your house. You know, all you need is a ball. You just mess around with the ball all the time. So I, I think you need to be obsessed. I, you, I know you need to be obsessed with whatever it is you're going to do, whether it's soccer, whether it's school, whether it's you want to be a doctor, you want to be a nurse, you need to be obsessed with whatever it is you want to be good at. You know, I've sat down with people before on this podcast and they told me, hey, you got to you got to be all in. If you want other people to believe you, you got to be all in. And even doing this podcast, I'll tell you guys right now, at first I was trying to build up, at first I was trying to collect episodes to release so that I wouldn't be rushing every week to release an episode. But then eventually people got tired of doing the podcast because it came to, when are you going to start releasing it, man? Are you sure you're going to release this? I don't want to waste my time, you know? And so... As I started releasing them, people were getting more into it and they'll be like, oh, okay, this guy really is about this. So, you know, you have to be all about it. Don't skim. If you skim, people are going to notice. You got to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk. Absolutely, man. In anything, in anything, not just soccer, in anything. I totally believe that. So for soccer kids out there, what kind of... What would you do on the side, like at home, like you have your soccer ball, what do you do? So, I mean, even as a kid, my dad, he, he was very strict with a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that I, that I learned. Um, he wouldn't let me go inside until I perfected something. And then I thought that was kind of psycho of him at, when I was a kid. I was like, man, dad, that's mean, you know, <laughs> but he would say, if you don't get a hundred juggles, I was like seven years old, then you're not coming inside. And I was like, dang, man, that's mean. Like, why would you do that? 
But that instilled this like mentality in me that was that now if I don't do something, I won't move on. <laughs> I have to do it and I have to perfect it. So juggling, juggling is one of the biggest things, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot. And once you get good at juggling, then you can start doing tricks and start being comfortable with the ball. Um, cone drills, little cone drills, like perfecting your speed, your agility. Everyone thinks that I'm going to run a mile and see how fast I can run and I'll be soccer fit. That's unrealistic because your heart rate stays at one pace the entire time. And in soccer, you're going up and down, up and down, up and down. You're going sprinting and then you slow down. You sprint and then you slow down. So your heart rate's always really high and then it gets low. So you got to do drills where your, your heart rate is going crazy and then you slow down a little bit. Go crazy, then you slow down a little bit. So do drills like that, you know, small cone drills, everything with the ball, everything with the ball. So you can do this literally in your kitchen. You know, <laughs> you just need three cones, two cones and perfect things. Um, so that's my best advice is don't look at it as like, I need to be fast. I need to be this like crazy athletic person. No, perfect the little things first and then you can move on. You got to be a well-rounded player in this. Yeah, yeah. And it goes back to what we were talking about. You can't just perfect one position either you gotta yeah. you gotta be the best you got you can be guys and absolutely then, you know one day if you're holding up the world cup <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly there you go a little mark out there yeah with mark is one of actually funny i say that because he's one of the most one of my most intense players and uh the kid is just extremely passionate about learning extremely extremely like he always if he has like one mistake during practice he'll come up to me and say hey i'm sorry fredo for for slacking off today and i'm like dude you, were, <laughs> you have problems you know you're a very <laughs> special kid very very good kid and you know he's he's gonna be something special you know when he when he grows up that's amazing man yeah all right man i think that's all we have for today uh i'd like to thank you again if anybody's trying to get a hold of you how can they find the saints academy um on instagram it's uh saints football academy um and facebook i have a fan page it's also saints football academy yeah just i have all my videos up there and then my website is www.insanes.com so all you parents out there, if you want your kids to take it to the next level, definitely check it out. And all you kids that want to take your skills to the next level, bug your parents until they take you. <laughs> and as for us guys, you can follow us on the talk shop on Instagram and Facebook. I usually put some behind the scenes stuff and just pictures of the people that we're sitting down with and talking with. So make sure to go check that out and follow, subscribe. And it, however you're listening to this podcast, make sure to follow and subscribe there as well. And just a heads up, I've been told and I've seen this for myself. Usually when I update the episodes on iTunes, it doesn't give people a notification. I know some of the other apps are pretty good at it. But well, however you're listening to the podcast, just check back every Thursday is when I release an episode if you don't get a notification. And if you're not following or subscribing because that's not your thing which a lot of people have told me as well, I don't subscribe to podcasts. Just make sure to don't forget about us, guys. Oh, one last thing. Make sure to share, guys. Tell your friends if you like an episode. And if this is your first time checking out an episode, make sure to go back and check out the other episodes. There's some cool information, some insight from some people, just a bunch of randomness all around information. So until next time, Keep doing what you're doing, and hopefully you're doing what you love doing. Thank you, you man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, man.